back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire with Hertz Farm Management here in Geneseo. And today we have Naomi Bloom with us. She is a senior uh, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing. Uh, thanks for joining us, Naomi. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So before we get started here, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about what your role is, a little bit about your background and your, and your role with, with uh, Total Farm Marketing. Yeah, so I grew up um, in a rural town in Wisconsin, uh, just outside of Madison, and growing up have a background from agriculture with um, farm background, family farm background. My dad and grandpa had a dry dog food business, and so we would buy corn and, and beans to make dog food. And so when I went to college, studied uh, agriculture business and political science and and just really got into the commodity marketing aspect of it from some family interactions from my classmates at school and have just loved it because I really understand firsthand how market volatility can affect a family business. And when there's dramatic price swings in the marketplace, if you uh, hit them right or if you miss them, um, how it can affect ultimately a bottom line and how risk management is so important, um, especially with the volatility that we're seeing today and the historic nature of today's market. Um, so yeah, we have definitely a lot of things that we can cover today. And, and I hope my passion for helping farmers and ranchers comes through just because there's gonna be so many things to monitor with these markets in the upcoming months. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, appreciate you sharing your insight with us today. And yeah, I think it's safe to say, you know, certainly a year ago, uh, none of us would have guessed that we'd be in this situation with with the commodity markets. So let's let's kind of talk about where we're at now and 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 go from there. So there was a USDA report that came out today. What uh, kind of what, in your opinion, are the highlights of that report, and how do you see that impacting markets right now? Yeah, so it's twofold. So from the short term standpoint, today's report um, wasn't maybe over the top bullish to get the market to just go blasting higher. Nearby contracts um, were able to close above 640 on the March corn and the May corn, and 640 had been the high from last May for those contracts. So it kind of had a, a very soft close above it, and it's trying to be sure if it has the news to take prices to run higher. Um, but when you look at the December contract, that still has $6 resistance ahead of it. And those beans have the $16 price hurdle to get above. So today's report, they made no changes to ending stocks on corn or any part of the report for corn. We have ending stocks at 1.54 billion bushels. The USDA did lower the carryout for soybeans uh, just a little bit, um, but that was expected. So that's why the market didn't have any dramatic responses because we've already been trading in these lower carryout numbers for a little while now. We've got soybean carryout at 325 million bushels down from 350. So short term, we didn't have any news to get the market to go blasting higher. But at the same time, because we have nine grain and oilseed commodities that have historically tight ending stocks all at the same time. We're still in this situation where we're fighting for acres. We're still in a situation where we're tight on product. And it's not just here. Stats Canada came out with their report just yesterday, and they confirmed also pretty much all of their main commodities that they grow in Canada are cut in half from even just a year ago levels. So it's the Northern Hemisphere 
um, Canada and and the United States and even in parts of Europe. And when you look at Russia and Ukraine, you know, they have tight wheat supplies. So this is definitely the potential to be historic. And so it is so interesting to watch these markets. And, and when you add into the conversation, inflation, and when you add into the conversation, the funds are buying, you just don't know if you should be ready for historic high prices or just a retest of where we were last summer. So risk management is ultimately important for any farmer in this environment right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, uh, a lot of, the, you know, it, it, it seems to me that we've got some pretty strong fundamentals, but but as you said, anything can happen. Now, you mentioned the northern hemisphere. You know, typically we tend to, you know, keep a pretty close eye on on Brazil, Argentina, South America in general with regard to the bean crop. What are we seeing there? In South America, um, the bean crop is smaller and the USDA confirmed that today. They didn't put the bean crop quite as small as maybe what some of the traders were hoping for, but they're continuing to acknowledge the situation is not perfect. And now I think the crop is officially smaller than last year with the potential to keep getting smaller. What the USDA did today is um, increase the demand for the United States soybean crush. And so to me, that says that we'll see soybean meal exports improve, soybean oil exports improve, and that goes back to Argentina because the Argentina crop is also smaller than year ago levels. And that's going to put more demand to the United States. And we saw China come in for almost the past five business days buying beans every morning. So with the smaller global crop also in South America, that's a big deal. And then with corn in South America, the first crop corn is uh, getting close to being harvested. And that's not really something that's exported from Brazil, but it's that second crop corn that's going to be planted in a few weeks. In Brazil, that's 70% of their total production is that second crop corn. And so that is a big deal. If it, it has any struggle in its growing season, that just puts more pressure on the United States to have a big crop. And for Pete's sake, we haven't even gotten into our you know official final battle for acres here yet. And a lot of producers are still, you know, maybe trying to do some last minute changes of what they might be planting, especially in front of some of those fringe states. So this is just, uh, it's something where it's like, okay, are we just getting started with this rally? Or how much more can we go here? So lots to watch, lots to monitor more than any other year. You know, I've been a, a commodity broker um, for 18 years at Total Farm Marketing and um, about 21 years total in this industry. And this is the first time I've ever seen where we have nine grain and oilseed commodities all at the same time with tight ending stocks and just, you know, not any perfect crop coming from South America to save the day. So this, I mean, it really could be historic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, obviously, if either one of us knew exactly where this was going to go, we we uh, we wouldn't be sitting yeah. here. <laughs> right, uh, right. So as we do look ahead, you know, I'm, we're getting the question and I'm sure you guys are getting the question all the time now, just how, how much should I have priced? You know, how much of my 22 crops should I have priced right now? And and what should I be thinking as, as we look ahead here? Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting for um, what folks had harvested, um, I think a, a good portion of those beans went at harvest uh, just because of storage capacity and things like that. But on this recent rally of folks who 
maybe still had beans in the bin. I bet a lot of people are closer to 80% sold with beans. And on corn, I think people are maybe 60 to 70% sold on corn and probably see a lot of corn go if the futures contract can get to seven bucks. I think a lot of people have said that they would sell almost all of it at that time. And then on the new crop, what's going to be planted this spring, I think people are really getting started right now, especially with the beans over $14 for the November. And then if this DEES contract can get closer to $6, I think a lot of people are going to be 25% sold. But I think for sure by summer, you should be 50% sold with your new crop sales. And then of course, be mindful of what you have with crop insurance. Sometimes you can be a little bit more aggressive with those cash sales, depending on the, the crop insurance level you have. Yep, absolutely. Um, so as we, you know, over these next few weeks, we start heading into planting season, you know, what's your, what are the, what are the key things that, that you're going to be keeping an eye out for? What are you going to be listening for uh, as, as far as indicators as to where this market's going to go? Yeah, there's a few. So what you want to watch, um, be mindful of the funds. So that's the big money in the market. Um, every Friday, the government releases a report of their total business activity for um, kind of the week prior. So you can watch trends on there. Right now, they're continuing to be buyers of the marketplace for corn and beans. So we'll want to keep an eye on, are they still buying and how much? And with the funds, you know, they have a new toy this year that they can play with. Last spring, the government announced that the funds can legally hold more positions than they historically ever could. And they never have taken this Ferrari out to play with yet. And they haven't, you know, taken it to the limits. So, for example, on corn, historically speaking, when the funds have been long corn, they get to be long about 400,000 contracts total, and that's about as much as they buy. But now legally, they would have the ability, if they wanted to, they could be long almost 700,000 contracts of corn. So imagine what that could do for prices on the long side or on the short side when it comes time to sell things off later on once it seems like we are having more supply available. Uh, so I'm keeping an eye on the funds. I'm watching the charts and the technical aspect of things and then watching the value of the dollar. If that pushes lower, that'll be good for our export market so we could see new demand come in for that. And then of course, keeping an eye on the weather, not only in South America, but here in the United States. When you look at the drought monitor index, it's pretty much a good chunk of everything west of the Mississippi River is in some sort of a drought issue, um, especially with the in the plains and looking at the winter wheat and that could affect spring planting or any final spring planting decisions as well. So a few things to be watching and just trying to manage and balance how they all work together. Yeah, it really is mind boggling when you start thinking about all of the variables and the moving pieces uh, that, that, that factor in what these markets do. It's just, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's just incredibly difficult to keep up with all of this. Right, right. Incredibly, you know, and that's the thing is like the more experience you get, the more things, you know, in, in a sense, it's harder to know what the market could do because there are so many factors that influence it. It's not just, you know, what's happening in your backyard. It is a global marketplace that affects the price of what the grain is doing in the United States. No, that's right. And, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. I mean, I always tell people, ask me in November, I'll tell you exactly. What <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but in looking back, it's always easy to see how all these things interacted, but, but 
looking ahead as a totally different, uh, totally different animal. So um, anything else that you'd like to touch on uh, that we haven't hit on yet, Naomi? Well, of course, keep an eye on those outside markets and the, and the global geopolitical dramatic events that could just unfold at any time um, between Russia, Ukraine. Once the Olympics are done, you know, China doesn't necessarily have to behave in the world anymore. So do they, um, you know, go after Hong Kong or, or what are they going to be doing? Part of me thinks with China, you know, they're a little bit tighter on, on food maybe than what they would want to admit. And I thought it was interesting that uh, China and Russia now have an agreement that Russia is going to be able to send wheat back into China. So that was interesting because China actually grows almost all their own wheat, like they grow all of their own corn. And the fact that they're opening the door to be able to import wheat from Russia uh, just I thought it was interesting that they can maybe need a little bit more grain and they're just trying to make sure that they have multiple sources available. So watch those global events and yeah, the funds, that's the big one and, and crude oil. There's a lot to monitor constant, yeah. constant, constant uh, wheel of motion. Yeah. A lot of triggers that could, that could really push, push things one way or the other very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, well, again, uh, Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing. Uh, Naomi, again, thank you very much for uh, taking the time to share your insight with us today. And hopefully we can uh, we can bring you back later on this year. And kind of yeah, I'd like that. that. Thank you for having uh, me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And, and thanks to everyone for listening. And we will see you next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you.